Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will, him my father will honor. God honors us when we make it up in our mind that we're going to die to self. When we make up in our mind that this is not about us. That this is about fulfilling the will of God. And when we fulfill the will of God, we get God some glory. It's all about getting God the glory. Jesus didn't delay for those days just to delay. He delayed so he could get God some glory. There are a few scriptures in the Bible about dying to self. I mean, lots of them. I'm just going to give you a couple. I'm not going to read them, but you can write them down and read them on your own. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 5.24. Luke 9.23. Romans 6, 1 through 23. Philippians 1 and 21. And Colossians 3 and 3. This will give you confirmation to the power of dying to self and the need for those of us in the body to die to ourselves. When we die to self, we become God's representatives in the earth and we must learn to trust his plans for our lives. Even when we're in a negative situation, we have to understand that that's part of the plan. I'm hurting. I'm suffering. I'm going through. My kids are going through. My wife is going through. My family is going through. I'm going through on my job. Whatever the point of suffering may be, I got a bad diagnosis from a doctor. Whatever the point of suffering may be, all things are working together. Watch this. For the good to those who love the Lord. If you love God, then suffering is a part of who we are. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We need to embrace suffering. If we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. I'm reading from the Message Bible. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. It's created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. Look at it. That word burgeon means to begin to grow or increase rapidly, to flourish. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. And there's nothing that we as members of the body of Christ should be fighting with members of the body of Christ about. Amen. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Not against each other. God has reconciled the world to himself and has called us to reconcile each other to each other. And if you look now in this society that we live in, there's a spirit of division that's pervasive all through the land. We're divided about everything. That is a trick of the enemy. That is a clear and present deception. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. So then we are God's ambassadors in the earth. A clear understanding of how the natural realm and the spiritual realm interface or interact is necessary in order to understand the rules of engagement or how we fight our supernatural enemy in the natural realm. We're not wrestling against each other. And we need to see that for what it is. We may not always like each other, but we need to learn how to love each other. 2 Corinthians 10, 36, that Bible says this, for though we live as human beings, we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons. You don't get any benefit from cussing somebody out. You don't get a benefit from pointing a gun at somebody or taking out a knife at somebody. There's no spiritual benefit from that. And so the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. So even when we want to act crazy, we ask God to help us to obey the Christ. How we deal with these things demonstrate the depth of the light and the relationship we have with God. Time then is this. Time then is, measure, is a measure of God's long suffering and forbearance with us. And suffering and delay are units of process used by God to increase our capacity to know him and to serve him. Amen. Long-suffering and forbearance allows us to get right. 
Some of you are saying, but when is Christ coming back? When we get right. Amen. He would that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. So he holds back the punishment that we deserve, hoping that we'll self-correct and we'll get our acts together and get to the place where he wants us to be. And then he allows suffering and delay to help us be processed. It increases our capacity when we go through stuff. The more stuff we go through and overcome, the greater our capacity to serve him. Learning how to embrace suffering and delay are then measurements of his love for us because they reveal his love. His unmeasurable deep love for us. So then seasons are sub-measurements of time, similar to years, days, minutes, and seconds. And we all have seasons of suffering. We have seasons when nothing is going our way. But what I'm trying to tell you is the reason nothing is going our way because everything is going his way. Here are two major lessons that I want you to learn from this first passage. Lesson number one, nothing in our life is going to move, happen, or change until its point of maturation. Nothing. You can fight suffering all you want. You can fight delay all you want. You can get frustrated and get you an Ishmael. But that's on you, because you got to deal with ish. Amen. What God is saying is, I got me an Isaac. And I know when Isaac is coming. But he's not coming until the maturation point. So you might as well chill. It's not coming before the fullness of time. It's not coming before the appointed time. So we need to learn how to rest in God. Fight with God and believe God beyond all the negative evidence that stands in front of us in the natural realm. We need to be able to see beyond what we see. I wish we could see beyond what we could see. We can't allow the things that affect our environment to affect our spiritual anointing and understanding of God's will for our lives. Number two. God operates outside of the natural realm and the realm of impossibilities. What's impossible to man is possible to God. So what's in your life right now that's impossible to you? Keep walking with God. Keep serving God. Stay in relationship with God. God wants to reveal not only his love, but his glory. The Bible itself opens up in Genesis in the realm of impossibilities with God creating everything out of nothing. That is why man attempts to discredit God by creating alternative scientific explanations to erase and invalidate the sovereignty of God in his word. Abraham and Sarah having Isaac was impossible in the natural realm. 
David defeating Goliath was impossible in the natural realm. But you have to understand something. The reason he was able to defeat Goliath is because he had uh, trials previous to Goliath. He fought lions and God gave him the victory. He fought tigers and God gave him the victory. He fought bears and God gave him the victory. So when he saw Goliath, it was possible for God to give him the victory. But if he looked at all of the soldiers that were around him, cowering in the corner, he could have easily lost sight and faith in God by looking at the people. Sometimes you got to cut the people off so you can stay focused with God. Tell somebody, cut them off. Christ defeating suffering, death, and every demonic attack was impossible in the natural realm. But this story of Lazarus was a precursor to the fact that Christ had power over death. So then we must learn to trust what you can't see. Let me tell you something. The foundations of this ministry, the Potter's House, and New Vision International Ministries in Connecticut revolve around faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. When Bishop and Lady started uh, in Tim McQuanick in their shotgun church, I don't think they envisioned this back then. Are, are you catching me? But they had a vision. That if they follow God, that God would take them somewhere. When I started my church in a living room, I had no idea that we would now be in a 65,000 square foot building. I had no idea. But God, if you walk with the God of impossibility, he will show you impossibilities so the bishop and lady our spiritual parents had to walk out a level of faith that was non-conforming to the way that they were raised and taught they had to cut some folk off they couldn't hang with some of the same people that they hung with before because people would tear up your vision you can't allow people to tear up what God told you They possess the salmon anointing, the ability to flow upstream while everyone else is going downstream. Divine vision is birthed against the current flow of the world system. So they were on magazine covers. One of them I have here up here with me. This is my copy, it's on Ransford. Charisma magazine. Back in 2001, because of what God is doing and has done in this house. In the spring of 2003, an article was released in Leadership Journal, Volume 24, detailing events surrounding our bishop and lady and the exploits of this ministry against all odds. The move of God defied logical expectations. 
under their tutelage, we were operating outside of the natural realm. We were moving with God in a realm of impossibility. Buying a mall for three, three million dollars. Uh, come on, somebody. You can't buy a mall this big, this much property for three million dollars. But God. Come on, I want you to get this in your spirit. But God. Because some of you need to have a but God reality, a but God anointing, a but God faith, a but God hope, a but God vision. But God. Hey, glory to God. From Connecticut to Florida, we were operating in the move of God that defied the possible and caused a group of people to rally around the impossible because of a word from the Lord and the men and women of God who believed in his name, believe on the name of Jesus, believe in his power, believe in his authority, believe in his potential, believe that he can do anything he wants to do when he wants to do it. Do you believe? Do you believe? Give God some praise if you believe in this place. Hey, glory to God. Let's examine the second part of the text, which by its end will look more like a midterm examination. John eleven seventeen 17 through 27. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Four days. Four days. Things is stinking. Four days later. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. So imagine this, all the mourners is at the crib. They're crying, trying to see. You ever been in a situation where someone dies and you got all kind of people around you and there's always one or two people trying to let you know that they're more concerned than everybody else in the room? Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're bringing food and folk just sitting around. There's no hope in that room. There's no victory in that room. There's no expectation in that room. Everybody has accepted the possible. No one even conceives that God can move in this situation. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Hmm. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, hold up now. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Does anybody?
anybody have a dead situation in your life? Does anybody have a dead dream? Does anybody have a dead hope? Does anybody have a child that you... Come on, come on. Hey! Is anybody locked in? I can't. It won't. Never. That's impossible. Come on, free your mind today. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who has come into the world. She believed just based on his word. Verse 17 continues the lessons of the last passage of Scripture. But I want you to get this. We're going to run through this environment again. All hope was lost and despair had set in. The stench of death had begun to set in and decomposition of the body was inevitable. The absence of Lazarus was being felt by their entire community abroad. All the rituals and observances had ceased. The stone had been rolled over his final natural resting place. However, it is in these specific circumstances where the conditions are horrific and final that God gets the glory because the power of nature no longer intervenes and the genius of humanity cannot operate in this realm this realm of impossibility God had to make sure there was no way that you can think any other thing happened than what you saw Now that it is not to say that God does not manipulate nature for his glory or God does not use people, medicine, and science, the basis of a clear understanding is that God is performing his will for his good pleasure. God performs his will, what? For his good pleasure. God's way, God's timing. Bishop taught us this over 20 years ago. It is a divine initiative. The plans of God being unleashed in the world by his will and authority. So God will speak to a man. He will speak to Adam. He will speak to Noah. He will speak to Joshua. He will speak to you. And when he speaks, he tells you exactly what he wants you to know. But you can't be so taught up in this world that you can't see that what God is telling you is beyond what you see right now. <laughs> 